0: So we're going to do things a little bit differently. Hi, I'm Glenn. Uh, hello, Aaron Oster. How are you?
1: Hey, Glenn. How are you?
0: Uh, AJ was too busy, which is an idiotic of him because he didn't—he missed out on this chance. So, yeah, you're seeing if you click play, you know you're clicking play on something that's a little bit different than this week's show. Uh, we'll tell you what happened. We had a show. We had a guest. And everything lined up for this week. Everything was good. And then Aaron reached out to me. And it really is funny that he reached out to me like this because I had just seen uh, Thor uh, Dwayne the Rock in uh, in 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 the theater and right. Hey, before, I saw that today. Did you? It, well, I, by the way, greatly enjoyed it. Greatly enjoyed oh, it. Oh,
1: great, very very, good movie. very um, good
0: movie. They had a trailer beforehand for this uh, one night only event that they're doing with the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase and Aaron's like, hey, by the way, I can get him on, but it's we got to get him on on Sunday. We have to record it on Sunday said well, for the million dollar man ted dibiase i think i can cancel my plans to, to sit around and jerk it or whatever i was going to do on uh, sunday night yeah i think we can make that work uh, the problem is the, the flick comes out on tuesday night and it's one night only like our other guest this week uh rory carp who's the director of the 30 for 30 that airs the first time the rick flair movie on tuesday night but it's going to air about a hundred times afterwards so no problem promoting any of the hundred airings of that but this is literally a one-night-only event that Ted DiBiase is doing, so we decided we were going to publish the interview itself alone in full, and it's about a, a half an hour interview, right? I mean, it was. Oh yeah,
1: he. I mean, you know, Ted DiBiase, one of the greatest talkers in the history of this business, and, and he shows it in this interview. No
0: question. So we're going to give that to you in full now. Um, And we're going to still include it in the show this week, and maybe we'll cut it down a little bit and it won't be the full 30 minutes, but we're still going to include it in the show this week, our interview with Ted DiBiase, but we wanted to give it to you now because we wanted to make sure that as many people as possible uh, heard it before uh, this one night in-theater in event on Tuesday night. So it's, it's Aaron and I. We're chatting with the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. In theaters on Tuesday night, November 7th, you can get out and see The Price of Fame, which is all about our next guest, WWE Hall of Famer Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man. Everybody's got a price, and that price right now is uh, free for us because we get to talk to him. He's Ted DiBiase, and he joins us now on Jobbing Out. Ted, thank you so much for taking the time for us this week.
2: Guys, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Um, for people that are unfamiliar with your story and why this is so captivating enough to be on the big screen, can you give us the thumbnail of of, of what you've been through from your time as one of the most well-known, iconic performers on the face of the planet to today?
2: Well, it's... Um it's a, the, the the story, the documentary. It's it is my story. It's my story, and uh, the the really the twist on it that uh, is unique is that it's actually narrated or told through the eyes of one of my sons, Ted Jr. Uh, of course, uh, my son Brett is in the in it as well. I have another son who is uh, missing uh, because he's in he's in Texas and um, couldn't be a part of it, but. Um, um, you know, the price of fame, um, fame is not what most people think it is. I, I you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a person of faith. I'm a minister today. Um, I've been doing this for over 17 years. Uh, but even if you're not a person of faith, what I hope that people would come away from this, uh, story is, is understanding that, uh, all the things that we seemingly chase after that we think will give us peace and happiness, uh, really don't. Um, because I can say to them, I've been there and done that. I've been at the top of that hill, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Uh, you see, somebody, you know, like me, or you, you watch football. It's Sunday afternoon. I'm watching some football, and gosh, you know, you look at those guys in the field, and all the, all those people in the stands know who you are. They're screaming your name. Uh, well, for me, that, that was great too. It is a thrill. But when you when the game is over, when the when the match is over, and you go back to the hotel and uh, you know, you go back to an empty hotel room with four walls and a TV, and your your family's not there. They're hundreds of miles away or thousands of miles away, and then you've got to get up and do that the, again the next day, and in my case, some 300 days a year. That could become a very lonely place, so you saunter down to the bar and you have a drink, and one turns into two, and down that slippery slope you go, and uh, before you know it, uh, your your life is in a whirlwind, and uh, you're filling a void. Um and that's that's what happened to me uh but but more than that it's also the story of hope um i came from a little town my you know my dad uh was uh, probably one of the most important people in my life when i was young because primarily i was I, he was a stepfather when i was uh two my biological parents divorced and my mother remarried when i was 5 and she married Mike DiBiase, who was a professional wrestler but mike was not just a pro wrestler he was also um, a guy with a storied career out of the University of Nebraska, three years in the row, conference heavyweight champion, lettered eight times, four years in football, four in wrestling, um, you know, uh, standout athlete in high school uh, in Omaha, Nebraska. And I didn't ever find out any of those things about my father from him. I always, people other people talked to me about it. But what my dad did tell me was, he said, son, it's easy to do what everybody else is doing. There's, it takes no courage to follow the crowd he said I would rather see you be the head not the tail be a leader not a follower he says but that takes some courage if you're willing to work hard and uh, pay the price you can be anything you want to be and I held on to that well I lost him when, when when I was 15 he suffered a heart attack and died we moved back to this little town in southern Arizona a little place called Wilcox three traffic lights it might have four today I'm not sure but <laughs> it hasn't changed much And I'm in this little bitty town looking around going, can my dreams come true? Then I watched my my mother sink into despair and alcoholism. And uh, that was a tough spot. But because of the values that had been instilled in me by my dad, I I stuck to my guns. I remembered what he said. And as a result, I was the first kid to graduate from this little school in southern Arizona with a full scholarship to play uh, college football. I, I bypassed the University of Arizona to go to a smaller school called West Texas State, uh, who is now famous for graduating a whole bunch of professional wrestlers, <laughs> largely due to the influence of a very famous wrestling family, the Funk family. Mm. Mm. And so I go to I, I go to college. I play football, and then I go to wrestling, and I do the same thing. And uh, but you know when 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 the WWF exploded in wrestling went mainstream and uh you know you know back when i was growing up in it uh and i was at first in it and you know wrestling was like more of like a blue collar crowd form of entertainment you know uh you weren't going to see a lot of khaki pants and polo shirts (laughs) at the wrestling matches but uh vince mcmahon made pro wrestling mainstream he made it family entertainment he uh he made the characters over the top. He introduced uh, colorful costumes and entrance music, and it was a stroke of genius. But when wrestling takes off like that, and I'm in the middle of it, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm at the top of my game, and I'm, you know, I'm not just traveling to all these places I used to wrestle by car. I'm in Lear Jets limousines, and I'm seeing my likeness made into action figures and put on video games, and it's like it was just so surreal. But still, with all of that, with all of the success, um, i wasn't I wasn't grounded. I mean, I, there was no no uh, question of my love for my wife and my children, but it was filling this void created by being on the road the way I was. And uh, I'm not making excuses because there aren't any excuses. We have to we have to place the safeguards in our life. But I want to tell the story because I want young people to understand that you can overcome adversity. You can come from from a slim a slim beginning. You can come from a very poor background or poor setting, and if you're willing to work hard, you can do what I did. And even if even if in that success you fall and you blow it some way, get back up and keep going because you can if you will, and uh, and that's that's what I want most for people to see. Uh, uh, this is a story of the restoration of my personal restoration, the, the restoration of my marriage, the uh, the restoration of my faith, and uh, the relationship between me and, and, and my sons, which is which is stellar today. Um, the amazing thing about the the story is that when my son decided that it would be a great idea to you know put this twist on it, because he knew I spoke to a lot of men about the importance of of fathers and that every child needs the affirmation of their dad and we have 35% fatherlessness in America he said let's put this twist on it well up until that time my my boys had they had heard the story they'd heard me tell the story in church uh but they had never asked me any questions and i always said if if they have any more questions they'll ask me and those questions didn't come until the documentary wow when they when they now are married and have wives that they love and have children my grandchildren whom they love and it's then it's it's dad how could you have done this to mom and that's that's the that's the story uh and it's it is compelling and it's pretty raw i mean it's you know i have laid my life out there for the, for the world to see but uh i think with good purpose so, so people can't see that there, there is so, because today, today, uh, my wife and I are still together. We're actually happier and closer, uh, in every imaginable way. Uh, I can tell you with all honesty, my wife is absolutely my very best friend. Uh, and you know, we, we overcame this and, um, it wasn't easy. I mean, uh, there's a, there's a, scene in the in the in the movie where my son says to his mother mom you know you're you're really the hero here and she stopped him and she said i'm not a hero she said this was just as difficult for me as it was for your dad Uh, you know, I had difficult decisions to make too. I mean, I've heard her say I could have easily run to the world or, or run to people who would tell me what I, what I wanted to hear, which at the time was divorce the bum, take everything he's got. (laughs) Uh, but, but instead she chose to run to those people who were her, her friends in, 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 her faith, uh, godly people who said, you know what, Melanie, uh, you know, we we we've been we have been forgiven by Christ, and we are called upon to forgive as we've been forgiven. Now that doesn't mean you have to stay, but we're called upon to forgive. And uh, anyway, I don't want to I don't want to give away too much of the story. It's very uh, compelling. Yeah, it, it, it is. And uh, I mean, it's my story. And the first time that I saw it, and then all of the interviews in there with the my, my contemporaries. I mean, a couple of those guys are gone now. Roddy Piper, God bless him, is gone. George Animal Steel is gone. Terry Funk, uh, Harley Race. Uh, there's so many of my friends in there that spoke. And, uh, I mean, uh, it's my story. It's a story I've told countless times in churches and different settings. And, and, and I wept watching my own story.
1: Wow. wow. You know, uh... Ted Jr is is one of the ones who narrated and of course he was a former WWE superstar as well walked some of the same hallways you did uh what were some of the shared experiences what did you tell him when he was getting into it to avoid some of the the price of fame that that you experienced
2: um well number one i i didn't want him in it uh you know that's, that's the that's a really funny thing is um and when he you know he graduates from college with a degree in in business administration that tells me he wants to be a wrestler and i almost had a cow <laughs> and and i said why is this the first time hearing of this i said he said you know why he said because all my life i've been told i wouldn't be a wrestler and um but he said dad you've always been my hero i've always wanted to be just like you and it's you 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 heard my story and uh so uh what I understood when I listened to my son there was that no matter what he heard, that this this was a journey he was going to have to take himself to understand it. Now, I give the WWE a lot of credit. I mean, uh, a lot of the safeguards they now have in place weren't in place, or they were beginning to be in place when I was there, but when I was there, they weren't initially. Uh, WWE has this... You know, state of the art drug testing policy. I mean, my son said, "Gosh, Dad," he said, "If I go to the doctor and get uh, an antibiotic for something, I've got to call them and tell them what it is and why I'm taking it because if it shows up in my blood on a on a test, then I'm then I'm docked for 30 days." So they're they're pretty stringent now. And uh, you know, we were going three weeks at a time, 21 days on and maybe and then a week off, and then now they're four days on and three days off weekly and so things are better but even with things better if you're a star in that business and, and anything I mean it's like you know uh, I don't know the rock really really well uh, I you know I, I met him my son first time I ever saw him he was a little kid uh, but I know he's one of the hardest working guys in Hollywood but I mean if you if you look at the time that he spends I mean the, the long hours that they that they have to put in it's 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 all consuming and I told my son I said you know uh, you're going to find out that 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 life that business is going to be your wife and and really that's what he found out i mean he you know he his when his contract came up he had been there five years his contract came up and he said dad he says uh i'm not going to resign and i said why he said well you were right mm-hmm. he said it's you know as as good as it is and as grateful as i am for uh what they've done with me he said, "It's not fair. It's not fair to my wife, and it's not fair to my son." And so he he stepped out, and uh, I couldn't be prouder for him. It's uh, it's, and and you know, and that's no, you know, I mean, I'm I'm so grateful for the WWE. I uh, have a, a great working relationship with them. It's the nature of the beast. And again, if you you know it, what I if I would be talking to a young guy that wants to be a wrestler now, I'd say, "Okay, great, go for it." I said, "But you know what?" Why don't you stay single while you're doing it <laughs> because it's going to be all-consuming.
0: Yes, Ted DiBiase. Tuesday night, again, The Price of Fame in theaters nationwide. You can find out more by going to thepriceoffame.com. He joins us here on Jobbing Out. Ted, you mentioned that relationship with WWE, and you've obviously been back for various things, the old school events and the Hall of Fame a few years back, and you know we've, we've seen you a bit here and there. Uh, how tricky is it for you? And, and, and you mentioned earlier you are a minister and you're out doing those things. How tough is it for you to, to walk the fine line of, you know, this is who I am, this is what I've done, Um, but you know, there's some associations that come along with being surrounded by professional wrestling and, and things that people think of the things that WWE has done. Like what, how tricky is that for you as you walk that kind of fine line?
2: Well, you know, I, I haven't really found it that, that difficult because I'm just, I'm, I'm an open book. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very real and raw with what I, what I feel and what I believe. And, uh, um, uh, you know, I don't. I don't cross any, you know. I don't cross any barriers. I mean, I don't have any, I don't have any trouble going back to the WWE. Uh, if they want to, for example, have me come back and make a cameo appearance, I made an appearance actually for them. Uh, they've got a new video game coming out, and uh, they they needed somebody to make a surprise appearance for the video game. Uh, what's it like? It Y two K.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, WWE two uh, K. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah,
2: and anyway, so I I I made disappearance for him. I, I was going to New York to to do uh the, you know the satellite media tour for for the the documentary and you know I'm, I'm I'm in New York Thursday evening anyway, so I went and made the made disappearance for him. Uh, so I, I do that occasionally. Uh, I have what the, I'm on what they call a nostalgia or legends contract, and uh, so that's okay. But it's not I'm not you know gainfully employed by them. But I, I don't find it difficult because I, you know, I, you know, it's like I'm so far removed from, you know, like from the industry as a whole. If you know what I'm saying.
1: Sure, sure. Do Do you still follow uh, the product at all?
2: Not really. I mean, and, and only because I'm so busy doing other things. So, you know, people ask me now and They go, you know, I said, gosh, you know, you, you know, you did it so it was so much of a part of your life. You know, you don't you know you you don't still follow it, and I said, well, i'll be honest with you i said i don't i don't i don't have three hours a week or five hours a week No, there
0: are to, people that love wrestling that don't the people that that all they do <laughs> yeah, right, yeah.
2: yeah yeah and and uh you know i don't I don't have that much time and uh uh so I, I don't get to to watch it that that much um and uh you know like it's changed a lot of people and of course the fans that are fans of me that that were kids when I was in my prime, you know. They're they're the older generation, you know, and they're like, gosh, you know, I'm not so crazy about this new stuff. They're just a whole lot of talk and not enough action for us. And I go, well, to each each, each his own. But obviously, there, there's a whole generation out there that loves them because every time I go back for WrestleMania, it is packed, um, and they're and they're still setting records.
1: You know, you, you talked about before flying in jets and, and your character fame, and you. Famously, were so immersed in your character that they would, you know, have you ride in in the fancy cars, ride the jets, ride in first class. And in today's generation, it's so different. You have people, especially on social media, you know, constantly breaking character, sometimes breaking character on screen. What what do you think of the differences in in wrestling in that way, where we went from having to stay in character at all times to flaunting the fact that it is just a character now?
2: Well, you know, and I I don't know so much. because yeah, people keep going well you, you you literally became that character and i go well no i didn't really become the character i mean uh now yeah uh i i i i got on a huge ego trip because all of a sudden i'm going <laughs> i'm riding around Lear, Lear in jets and limousines uh, but there was a lot of guys that weren't riding around Lerjitz and limousines that were just as famous as I was, that were going to the same towns that I was, that were wrestling in front of the same people I was, and they were having the same problems I was. Mm-hmm. You know, so it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like if we had become, you know, I, I, I compared to like a rock star, you know, and, and, the, and the travel and, and how, how long you're gone and, and, and the ilks that come along with that. Uh, sometimes with fame, you don't have to look for trouble. It'll come knock on your door and find you. Um, and again, can those be, those things be avoided? Yes. If you put the safeguards in your life to make sure that they don't happen, you know, uh, I call it accountability. You know, I still travel. I mean, I'm a minister and most of my traveling is on weekends. So I'm not gone. Uh, like I was before but most weekends I'm 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 out somewhere I'm at a church I'm doing something somewhere whether it's 2 days or 3 days and uh and I've built those safeguards into my life you know I you know, I won't uh uh just the little things I you know it's uh I check into a hotel do you have in-room movies in your hotel uh yes we do do you have X rated movies uh yes we do I said turn them off well, sir, if we turn those off, then we got to turn them all off. Well, turn them all off. Now, I had no intention of watching an x ray movie, but where I am today, I'm not. I'm. It's like I'm going to depart from that. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna let anything interfere with that. I won't. Uh, you know, it's like if I'm going to speak for a church, uh, I'll say, "Well, who's coming to pick me up?" You know, and they go, "Well, man, yeah, probably." So you know, I said, "Well, if you, you know, if they're sending." Uh, a female, I said, well, you know, don't send a female, or if you do, don't send her alone. And again, I, you know, I'm I'm so far past that. But the, my point, the point I'm making is, I've put, placed these safeguards, these pegs in my life to where. I'm going to make dead certain that these things don't happen, and I don't have the opportunity to go there again.
0: Ted, have you, you know, either reached out uh, yourself or had professional wrestlers today reach out to you, um, knowing your story, what you've been through, uh, about how, and, and current or former, about how you might be able to help them?
2: Uh, yes, yes, I have. Uh, one surprising, I mean, um, and I didn't realize, and now, now he's he's gone. George Animal Steel. In the documentary, I see I did I did not, you know when when Pete the director was doing all of this, he was going he was setting setting up these these uh, these opportunities to interview these guys, and so the first time I see it, I'm watching it and George Animal Steel's talking about because you know, he was in uh, you know when when this all happened to me that when the dam broke it was just after WrestleMania eight and. I had called home the next day, and and my wife had discovered uh, the adultery, and I don't want to talk about it on the phone. I'll be on the next plane home. She said, "No, you won't. You don't live here anymore." Click. Hmm. And then I had to get on a plane to fly to Europe for a European tour. It's the last thing I wanted to do, and I was only there like a day or two. And it was like a phone call, like, "Okay, we you know, this is my pastor calling me saying you need to get on the next plane home." And I went to Georgia and said, "Look, I'm leaving." They can fire me if they want to. Uh, you know, the, my life as I know it's probably over. And I, I shared with him, you know, what the deal was, and on the plane. So with George, George says I, he said he he talks about remembering seeing that being that with being there with me when that happened, and then coming to hear me speak when I was in Lakeland, Florida. And initially, he said my thought was, ah, uh, you know. Uh, you know, he went through this thing, and he's, you know, he, he, you know, he was. But he said, he said, but as Ted spoke, and he was said, he was so raw and so transparent. He says, I realized he was totally being totally honest and open. And then he said, he said, this was actually the beginning of my own personal journey to God. I never knew that, and George had never really shared that with me. But that's just one one case. There's there's other guys that you know. I, I think I was uh, uh, Sting is another guy who uh, my my story had some influence in his in life. But it was like connecting the dots. You know, something would happen, and then he you know, then here's my story. And, you know, I, I always say this. I, I believe God's got a way of getting your attention when He wants to, and uh, and so I was one of the pegs along the way. Sean Michaels, you know Sean. Uh, when I heard about Sean uh, becoming a Christian, I called him and I said, "Look, I go to this conference out in Phoenix on an annual basis, and it's just really great. He ought to join me." And you know, he did, which you know did did a lot to you know strengthen his resolve and his own personal faith. So yeah, there's there's been some guys along the way that that uh, that I've tried to help.
0: That's cool. He is again Ted DiBiase. the The film is Tuesday night. The theaters nationwide. It's called The Price of Fame, and you can find out more at thepriceoffame.com. Ted, I, I'm a nerdy wrestling fan. Can I ask you a wrestling question? Is that sure. all right? So I see um, recently there have been a lot of stories about uh, performers that have literally walked out of the company because they've been unhappy about the direction of their characters, um, that, that, the creative aspect of it. I, it's fascinating to me because you guys are performers, right? Like you you you, you right. aren't your character. Um, you know, Ted DiBiase as you just said, right? Like you you aren't actually the million dollar man. You're 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 two different. There's a person and a character. Right. Could you imagine that? Like could you imagine the situation where you know, you're told, "Hey, your job is to lose tonight." And again, you're an actor. Your 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 job is to do what it's on the script. And you say, "I don't want to do that. I'm going to walk out." And can you can you shed some light into wrestlers and dealing with this because it's fascinating to me because I certainly get the concept of I'm going to sell more t-shirts if I'm the champion and I'm winning and all that sort of stuff. And I, I, I wonder if this is something that has existed well before now.
2: Well, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, again, uh, you know, people ask me they scotch Ted, you know, you, you, were one of the guys that should have been the world champion. And, you know, those stories told about how at WrestleMania four, you know, it was, it was thought of that that's, you know, initially that was the thing that was probably going to be done, and it was talked about, uh, but then uh, Pat Patterson came to me. He said, Ted, he says, hey, look, he says, rather than, you know, we can put the belt on you and then you have this running with Hogan. And, you know, uh, but you know, if you're a heel champion, you know, in the WWF, you're short-lived because, you know, uh, we want our champions to be the hero. And so did the little kids. And I get it. And and he said, so if, if, if you don't win the tournament, and in your arrogance, create your own title. And as soon as the words came out of his mouth, I when went, do it. That's, that's, do that because that will put a ton of heat on me. It'll make everybody totally, what an arrogant, you know, SOB. And and, and I'll make more money with that than I ever would being the world champion. It worked and, out okay. And, so, and that's, <laughs> the, that's the difference. It's like, you know, it's a business. It's a business. And, um... Uh, uh, you know, uh, you, you do what's best for business, and sometimes it's not always what's best for you. It's like the hot dog quarterback who's more interested in his own stats than he's than he's interested in what's good for the team and the game.
0: It's an interesting putting. I, I I certainly do understand. Like that being said, you're trying to look out for yourself, right? Like at the end of the day, hey, the company's all well and good. I I need to take care of my family. You know what I mean? I need to take care of of what's best for me, and I. I don't think that's an easy situation, right? Like it's. Well, it...
2: no, no, and I, I, I would say it's a fine line to walk. Uh, but I, you know, I remember on a conversation with, that I had with with Vince. I mean, like when I first went to work for him, he said, "Ted, we can agree to disagree." He says I, you know, I don't want a bunch of yes guys. I see he said, but he says if you, he says if there's something you don't like, he says let me know about it. He said, but don't come, well, you know, uh, like a, it was a saying J Y D used to say. He said, don't like a don't come like a cabbage. All head, no rear. <laughs> he said, you got to bring some to get some. In other words, if you don't like something, don't just come to me and tell me you don't like it. Give me an idea. Give me another direction we can go. Yeah. He said, but here's what you need to remember. At the end of the day, we're spending my money. And as long as we're spending my money, I'm going to do what I think is best for my company. And you know what? What do you say to that? Oh,
0: no doubt. More often than not, it's worked for him. Uh
2: huh.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I gotta ask. I was uh, when I heard that we had a chance to talk to you. I go, I was I was out with a few friends, some of them who used to watch wrestling, but not. I mentioned, you know, I'm interviewing Ted DiBiase to them. They they hesitated. Then I do an impression of your laugh, and all of a sudden their eyes lit up. So I, I gotta ask, what's it like to have one of the most distinctive laughs in the history of the <laughs> world?
2: <laughs> well. You know it's it's funny because that that laugh I mean I have a very deep voice my actually my biological father was a professional singer, you know he's he was a backup singer for Tennessee Ernie Ford, so very very deep but i <laughs> unfortunately, I couldn't carry a tune if it had handles on it but um that that laugh is an exaggeration of my laugh, and again, vince McMahon this you know things that just happened we were doing promos this is back when we were doing promos for individual markets. And me and Gene would be going, hey, you know, next Thursday in Baltimore, you know, blah, 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 you know, so, and I cut the promo. So I cut this promo, and I, you know, I, don't, I can't even remember what the promo was, but at the end of it, I, I cocked my head back, and I laughed like that. And Vince happened to be walking by and heard it, and he stuck his head in the door, and he looked at me, and he said, that's it. That's the Million Dollar Man, and I want to hear that laugh every promo. And there you go. So wow. I tell people now, he goes, a 19 year wrestling career. What does everybody remember about Ted DiBiase? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That is so, so awesome. Uh, Ted, we have kept you for far longer than we were supposed to, and, and we can't appreciate it more because it's an honor to chat with you. We can't wait for Tuesday night and the opportunity to see the film. Uh, it is such a super compelling story. The Price of Fame in theaters nationwide. You can find out more by going to thepriceoffame.com. Ted, is there anything else that we can plug for you, sir?
2: Uh, no, guys. Right now, that's 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 the, that's the bullet, man. I'm just hoping that everybody can get out and see it yeah, again. If you go to fame dot com and you enter, I think your zip code, you can find out what theaters that it's playing at in your in your area. And it is a one one night event, a fathom event, seven p.m. in your time zone. Uh, and uh, I hope you you know I don't think you'll be disappointed. There's there's bonus feature. There's 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 before the film, and then there's uh, a couple of interviews afterwards. I have a lengthy lengthy conversation with Shawn Michaels. Uh, you know, after the actual film, for, for the people who will go out to see it, so that is awesome. That is hope awesome. everybody comes out.
0: at MDM Ted DiBiase on Twitter as well. Ted we can't say enough what a thrill it is to get the chat with you, sir. You have uh, given us amazing memories uh, and, and some of our favorite moments throughout the history of professional wrestling. Thank you for taking the time and uh, continued success and and just uh, wonderful vibes to you and to your family.
2: Thank you so much, guys. God bless you.